This podcast is part of the Treksphere Network. To find more Star Trek-related content, visit treksphere.com. Anyway, should we talk about Star Trek? Yeah, okay. But I don't... Uh, whatever. Uh, as you know, this is a measurement what? episode where it is our continuing what? mission to explore what makes Star Trek proper Star Trek. And not just if you know, you know. I'm Jonathan. Oh. Is that a television program? No. That's like kind of what the whole episode was. It was like, eh, eh. Uh-huh. If you know, you know. Oh. And I'm Paul, and the criteria by which we judge these episodes, number one, is there science fiction explored in the plot? Very important. Number two, is that science fiction unique or novel in some way? And number three, uh, is there a moral or ethical dilemma? That's always the hard one. It's mm-hmm. a tough one. Especially for Lower Decks. And, I feel like that's what we keep running into. Right. And I'm Paul. And I'm Jonathan. So let's see what we're watching next. <laughs> Uh, this week, we watched, uh, we watched the latest episode of Lower Decks, Season 3, Episode 3, Mining the Mind's Minds. And the blurb says, on a remote science outpost, stone orbs are bringing fantasies to life. Tendi starts her first day as a senior science officer trainee. So, I have to ask, what did you think of this episode? Um, sorry, hang on. I got freeze-dried strawberry in my mouth. Are you eating during the podcast? Not intentionally. I've got a baby right next to me, and she was like, here, eat this. So... So I, what I liked about this episode was if you didn't know, you weren't lost. But so much of this episode was calls from uh, one, one thing was from the animated series. One was from a deleted scene from a movie. So like there were these deep cuts in the episode. And overall, this was a very meh episode for me. It just, it felt filler. Um, it, I didn't feel like there were lots of, like really solid jokes in it. And aside from what the twist was, I knew that there was going to be something that came up at the end and I was just kind of waiting for it. Well, so. the scientist looked like this terrible, like he looked like a bad guy. He right. looked like a villain, the one who was working with mm-hmm. the silicate monsters. Yeah. Um, who looks like a character. He looks like one of the characters, the rock character from Thor. Oh, sure. Korg. Yeah. Korg. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I'm having this feeling now when I watch the show where I, I'm getting anxiety. I'm getting lower decks anxiety because oh, no. <laughs> I know it's going to be chock full of references and references that I'm probably eligible to get, meaning I'm not a super, super fan. Right. But I've seen enough of Star Trek where I should be able to get it. And so now I'm like, I'm like scanning every single frame of the show as it pops <laughs> up, looking for things. That I was like, oh, is that, could that possibly be this from that episode? I don't know. And then I start creating little stories around something that's on a desk, this <laughs> innocuous thing on a desk. And it, I, don't, I don't know how to handle that. Like, I feel like I'm not qualified to watch the show because this show is predicated on you have to be a Star Trek fan really to get a lot out of this. Because as you said, look at, listen to all the deep cuts you just told us about that I missed entirely. Right. But I feel like if you, if you went into this episode knowing nothing about Star Trek, you wouldn't be lost. You know, like you, you – I think there was one scene with that giant like flying snake where the person called it out for what it was. I think like there you might be like, oh, that's probably something that's from another episode of Star Trek. But beyond that, like I don't think there was anything in this episode where – you know, you you would just feel lost and be like, "What? Why did they do that? What What is that from? Like, what are they referencing?" Yeah, I mean, the plot. Yeah, the plot made sense mathematically, but it's not a good show without the references. It's not worth watching, I don't think. Interesting. Especially okay. this particular episode. I mean, the, yeah, nothing really happened in this episode. Right. Even the like the the B plot with Tendi, 
was like nothing. I don't even understand what was going on and what her, what she was expecting to happen. Like they didn't give us enough information. She was supposed to, she, so she signed up for something to become a senior science officer. Right. She's supposed to be assigned a mentor, mm-hmm. someone who she doesn't know who it is. It ends up being somebody, this, I know this character is recurring, but I didn't know who he was. Right. Someone who is apparently unqualified and not really up for the job. She abandons that person, goes into a meeting, like a diplomatic meeting with the captains of the ships, abandons that after a certain point and then goes back working for her um, her regular job. Like it was weird, right? Like there, nothing happened. Like in terms of her being escalated in rank, mm-hmm. I feel like that was kind of left ha- left hanging. I mean she there is an arc for her in that she realized who her mentor really was. And that's the thing that we were complaining about last week, which is this is a show of arc, not of plot. Right. Well, yeah, like the, you're you're right in that her her plot was very. I don't want to say dis. It, well, yeah, it was disjointed. Like I don't think there there was enough time spent on her actions to explain why she was doing what she was doing. Um, and we didn't have enough information about why what she was doing was was stacking up against what we were expecting to happen. Right. I didn't know it was supposed to happen. And so the fact that whatever wasn't happening, I didn't know about. But she was reacting to something that wasn't happening that we didn't know about. Right. I mean, she did kind of say, like, she she wanted to take a test. She didn't want to just be observed. Be observed doing what, though? Like, she said that she had, she was studying right. really hard and trying to prepare for right. this moment. This is a very important moment. She's like, but I really like to take a test. And I was thinking, is there a test? Is the mentor not giving her the test she's supposed to get? Or was there ever a test? Right. Is this all part of it? You know? Yeah. Well, and it, it seemed like it seemed like ultimately there wasn't a test. Um, and she was just expecting one. So she was kind of blindsided that there wasn't one. But not that not that it needs to be spelled out in plain English because we don't like that either. But it felt like the dialogue was too fast and too sharp for there to be like that kind of major plot point presented to the audience in a way that they're going to like know what was going on. Yeah, I just didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know what was going on. Right. So, but I think that that plot line was definitely in not inferior, but but secondary to the the main plot. Also yeah. known as a B plot. Um, I don't know why I, I'm trying to make up new words for. Oh, something you're exists. talking about the the plot that's secondary to the main plot is the B plot. Yeah, this was kind of two B plots to be quite honest to me. So they go in, and well, for, oh, hang on, let me back up a little bit. So ransom, I want to talk about ransom for a second. Okay, ransom is a very interesting Star Trek character. Because so normally when you have a ship or a group of people, a crew of people on Star Trek, they're all pretty good people. Right. Everybody kind of has um, something nice or beneficial to the group as a whole. But Ransom is different because – and this might just be because it's an animation. But in terms of looking at it as a Star Trek episode, Ransom is kind of an unlikable character who sometimes does good things. Whereas in normal Star Trek, you have good characters who sometimes do selfish or bad things or, or destructive things, i.e. Geordi. Right? right, right. Which we should get we back to We always beat up second. on Geordi, right? <laughs> yeah, Geordi's going to show up again. Just stay tuned. So I thought that was interesting that they have him because he's kind of like Dr. Cox from Scrubs. Yes. Where 
But I really liked Dr. Cox, and that's the problem. Like, I think that Ransom is engineered to be not likable or to be against Mariner and against the, sort of the Lower Decks crew, right? Right. Well, and that's – I mean that's that's the biggest difference between Ransom and Dr. Cox is that Dr. Cox wanted you to do your job well and was there to defend them learning as they went. And Ransom was just kind of – Ransom is just kind of – he doesn't like the lower decks and doesn't see the point of them. Right. But he's in every single episode. I just find that interesting. That right. doesn't really happen in Star Trek. And that could just be – what happens when you merge animation and Star Trek? Well, yeah, like again, being being thirty minutes, being rapid fire dialogue and jokes, like there's there's probably well, not there probably there's not going to be as much depth to the characters as there can be in sixty minutes and slower dialogue. Yeah, but I have to say, good thing that we've seen all those next gen episodes, right? <laughs> Because I did get the reference of Leah Brahms. Yeah. Brahm? Yeah. Brahms. Leah Brahms, yep. And <laughs> based on the holodeck and the fantasy version of Brahms, she has a type. I guess that's true. Computer people? <laughs> people with stuff. Oh, people with stuff on their eyes. Yes, right. people of color with stuff on their eyes. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Right. I don't see color. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I think from what I can tell, I did not do any work on this, but because the actress who was credited as playing Leah Brahms was a special appearance by, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's the same person. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That would be weird just if you had just a day player to say three or four lines. And special appearance by. Right. It's like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Well, it'd be funny if they did special appearance, like they did it uh, in the first episode with a special special appearance by Tuvix or Tuvok and Captain whatever. Like, they don't say the actors' names because they didn't do it. <laughs> That's a good point. I do wonder, was there, were there cut scenes mm-hmm. that we missed? I know. I know. I want to know about that. We'll never know. But we'll never know. Uh, one thing I really liked about this episode was all of the Star Trek themed nightmare imagery. They just kind of just took things and, and made them scary. Star Trek stuff, like they put the Borg on a snake, you know, mm-hmm. on a Beetlejuice snake. Mm-hmm. And that was, mm-hmm. that's like nightmare stuff. Right. And that was funny. What would have been neat. I'm just, I just thought of this, like the Klingon clowns. If the clowns were like that, uh, they were from that Voyager episode with um, Michael, Michael McKean. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Where he was the Joker. Yeah. The Joker. Yeah. You know, he had that blue face, and at the end, he's like, "I'm scared." She's like, "Good." <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> so I have a question for you. Okay. So somebody says a line. Says the line. Well, I want to grow old and grow orchids together, and that kind of tickled my brain a little bit that it might be a reference, but I don't remember what it would be a reference to is orchids a thing in any of the star trek lore um not to not... my knowledge but see this is this is why i can't watch the show anymore because <laughs> every single thing that they say and that every single thing that we see is a reference to mm-hmm. me like it, oh this might be a reference like, it'll, like i'm googling like i'm pausing every 13 seconds to right. google if something is a reference <laughs> it takes me two and a half hours to watch 22 minute episode so no 
Snow is the question? Um, only so far as orchids are kind of the alien flower of choice for Star Trek. Um, okay, so not a reference. Damn stupid, it. Well, stupid deep cut. Like, a post from seven years ago on the website Orchid Board. <laughs> it says Star Trek plus orchids equals question mark. And it says, I'm always so interested looking at the alien plants on Star Trek because many times they do use orchids. Did anybody respond to that? Uh, yes, there are four people who responded to it. <laughs> I'm moving in this into the archived section. <laughs> yeah. of the- uh, bump, bump, bump. Yeah. And this has been archived. <laughs> we should reply. We should reply to it. Um, okay, so not a reference is what you're saying. Not not to my knowledge, no. And um, based on the few things that I, I watched before we started talking, um, I did not see anything about it. It is. It was referenced in Picard, so maybe you know just the recency of that. They're they're doing that as kind of a callback. But... Oh, were there like protect ships orchids? Yeah, that's not that's not the same thing. No, like the the whole idea of growing old and growing orchids together that just seemed so specific to me. Right, right. That it must be a reference, but it must not be. We're spending too much time on it. <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary time, right? Because I picked. Something from the episode that sounded like a reference. Probably the only thing that wasn't actually a reference to, to choose to talk about. Yeah, right. <laughs> I could have chosen anything else that actually was a reference. Okay, so here's something that I thought was going to happen. So okay. uh, everything goes awry when they crack open the, the mind, minds, the whatever they call them, yeah. the green balls. Yeah, the green balls. Right? Yep. And nightmares start taking place. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the two crews go into the cave to hide and i thought because when it's it's revealed that the other crew the carlsbad yep the crew from the carlsbad start sort of gushing praise all over the cerritos Mm -hmm. crew Mm -hmm. and i was like oh that's interesting that's kind of a twist because they were so combative earlier but i was like no this Uh is the nightmare Uh something's going to happen i was totally expecting that both crews were hiding somewhere and having the same experience where you know, for the actual Carlsbad crew, the Cerritos crew was kind of whatever their nightmare was going to be and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen. No, it didn't. Was, yeah. It was like totally literal what was happening because it was so strange that they would flip like that to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Well, although that does kind of seem to be the MO of this season, you know, that happened with um, uh, Mariner in the first episode. Like she's being so angry and aggressive and then it just turns out that she's scared. Um I'm sure there was something in the last episode where there was a flip. (laughs) That's why people come to this this podcast. Right? Because of all of our concrete trivia. Encyclopedic knowledge. (laughs) I'm sure there was something in the other episode where that happened. I think what we should definitely tell people to do, if you like the show, go on to Apple Podcasts and rate it. Because that is the number one place where all of the algorithmic magic happens. Where... It will get, I think Spotify, it's Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So if you like the show, you, th- you think you want to hear more, please go and, and comment on those particular platforms because those are where uh, those are where they actually matter in terms of uh, getting the podcast to more people. And that's what we want. We're trying to grow. We want to we open a, a new facility in Montana. <laughs> and we can't do that without, without at least 20 subscribers. <laughs> Right. Yeah, we put so, up a post about this about four years ago, and then we there's been three posts ever since of just bump bump. So yeah, <laughs> right. 
So please, if you like the show, take the uh, 30 seconds or so. It doesn't have to be uh, polite. You know, it just has to be five stars. In fact, even if you hate the show, please give us five. You can say whatever you want in the comment area, but please five stars. Five stars is very important. Um, well, that and also like just it, not even 30 seconds. Just by the time it takes you to write you suck with the letter U <laughs> instead of Y-O-U, like we're looking at eight seconds tops. So, well, and that depends on how savvy you are with switching between keyboards on your phone, right? If you want to have an emoticon in there, you know, some people are really fast with it. Emoticon? How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, emoji. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I still use emoticons. <laughs> Do you not use emoticons anymore? I think There's I- one that I use that, um, that is not, has not been copied into emoji, and that's parentheses, period, underscore, parentheses. Or sorry, dang it. Parentheses, period, <laughs> underscore, period, space, parentheses. And it looks like just kind of a, a sorry face, kind of looking just off to the side. And oh, I thought it was the nipple ring emoticon. <laughs> no, that's parentheses uh, at symbol parentheses. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's the Janet Jackson nipple ring right. emoticon. Yeah. Um, no, but you know we're we, we're now up to over 130 episodes, um, and each one is roughly 30 minutes. So that's 65 hours worth of content. And we're just saying if you if you have listened to more than one, we, you know, we're asking for like 8 to 10 seconds of your time just to just to throw that up there um, and let let people know what you think of it and get that algorithm going. It would mean the Or world just one? Why do you like why that you can listen to one and be like this is so good. I don't even have to listen to another one and go comment. I say I say those those are the real heroes. The ones who do it after yeah. one. After just one. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're truly the hero if you don't listen to any after that. <laughs> Those are just gods among mortals. <laughs> but we like to say to our small but uh, loyal few who are listening, thank you very much. Please Chat keep Mike. listening. There's more to come. <laughs> and Jeremy. Yeah. Those those three people. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So the one thing I, I can still see in this – Wow. Yeah. I can still see in this show. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. Even though on these types of episodes where they do feel kind of like pocket episodes in that they don't seem to reach out into the universe that much, the, the Star Trek universe that much in terms of like a forwarding plot line, that kind of thing. Um, the idea that when like next gen would encounter some sort of new alien, they would usually spend some time exposing like what what is interesting about this alien and i think they just didn't do that in this episode and i kind of missed that i kind of missed the even if it's just one scene of like yeah we live in the sand and we don't you know we don't use carbon as our like that's interesting and not something that is usually seen on star trek like that kind of thing so i kind of missed it i missed i missed them expounding on this new life form and again this might be the miscommunication between me and an animation. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, well, I think it's less about between you and the animation and more 60 minutes per, versus 30 minutes. You know, they they established where they were and then the episode got started. There wasn't any investigation or background to the aliens there. Right. I can see that. I could have used less of the hijinks with the nightmare imagery and taken a little bit from that and give me a little bit more science fiction with the life forms. Right. You know? But, you know, that's okay. 
we'll let it go. I, I did think it find it interesting that the the humans who had been turned into rock basically mm-hmm. were uh, resuscitated somehow. Yes, somehow. <laughs> I was super surprised. I thought the guy, like the bald guy with the mustache, who that was lost his arms. to ransom. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was just a red shirt, dead. Right. Just right? dead. Yep. Yeah. Well, did they show the guy from the, the beginning, from the cold open? I didn't see him. Yeah. If they did. I think he was crumbled, though. He was he was done, I thought. Oh, I yeah. thought, okay. I thought he just fell. Like, we, you know, we saw the stone, and then he fell. I didn't think that he fell apart. Um, I don't remember. But, yeah. I yeah. mean regardless you don't remember seeing him at the end whether or not he was broken right. apart or not. maybe he was too far gone right well yeah and that's the other part of it too like uh, kind of what you just said you know he they they fixed him somehow like <laughs> how how right yeah that's, and you've been converted entirely to sand and i i think i think that's the uh, that's the sci-fi element that was missing from this episode it also wasn't the focus of the story it wasn't like how do we get him back to normal but there was no throwaway line about reversing the polarities or anything. So, and there wasn't really any urgency around it. It wasn't as though these people, if they, if we can't get them out of this state within twenty four hours, they're lost forever. Like right. it wasn't a ticking clock in that way. Yeah, and I think there wasn't really a lot of science fiction in the story. No, all. there really wasn't. Um, you know, the, like there, there was no sci fi explanation for the orbs doing what they did. Um, well, I no, actually, I guess there was if they if they weren't indigenous to the planet and they were actually built to read people's memories. And they kind of brushed over what the silicate life forms were getting out of this deal with this rogue scientist. They, oh, yeah. Like they even made a joke about it, you know, and they got yeah. rocks. Yeah, they got rock, more rocks. I don't see how that. And she just kind of stepped on, on it and then left. Mm-hmm. Right. She kind of moved on. And so it, it was kind of a very janky plot line for me at the end where they kind of just tied it up. That's, I mean, that's what we've been talking about. This is not a plot oriented show. Right. Although it, it is it is a slow build show, kind of like, you know, what they did with the um, the Pockleds uh, in both previous seasons. Um, and I think that this kind of plays into the other episode that we watched, uh, Wage Douge, I think is what it was called. Um where we mm-hmm. found out that the Klingons were providing the technology to the Pockleds. Um, and so that's basically what was happening here. So I think that it was dismissed now to come back in a major way later this season. Okay. Well, here we go. But I think we're both agreed that it is kind of a lackluster episode. Yeah. I, I mean, again, it's animation and I like it for the jokes. So I, I enjoy it and I had a good time. So I would say, like, yes, it was a, a good episode, but it wasn't proper Star Trek. Right. Yeah. Actually, I, I felt the most like a original and original series episode in oh, terms sure. of humans being converted into sand and mm-hmm. cloud monsters or any kind of monsters, <laughs> that, that kind of thing, where it's very psychological. Right. There's a lot of stuff that's based on – that's just sort of fantasy, fantasy-esque, mm-hmm. kind of dream state types of stuff that totally. just didn't really happen that often in the latter – you know, next generation and on that just didn't happen. But yeah, like even even just the cold open where it's some guy we don't know suddenly has a fantasy in front of him, which, by the way, didn't change into a nightmare. So the dream turned him to stone as well, which I thought was interesting. Well, I think that the the idea was that the st- the green balls breaking was not really part of the plan for 
like for the whatever the conspiracy that was happening. Okay, so the general worry was that these spheres, these orbs were turning people to stone by getting them to be interested because of their dreams. Yeah, there seemed to be malice okay. by, by okay. it. Okay. And I don't they, – they, they didn't explain that either. Why is there malice by these these orbs? Right. Is, is the, the conspiracy with the silicate life forms and the crazy, weird-looking Lovitz-adjacent villain scientist guy? Lovitz? Um, yeah. What's that actor's name? John Lovett? John Lovitz, Yeah. He looked a little bit like John Lovitz, like oh, circa 1995. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I, I, well, I was trying to remember where like John Lovett had played an alien, but you're saying just this alien looked like John Lovett. No, if it, yeah, if okay. it was, I okay. would have, I would have mentioned the character name. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you would have, because you, yeah, you always know the characters' names. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would have done. Uh, that didn't even seem connected. That whole conspiracy con- was connected to actually what happened in the plot. Right. They just kind of stumbled on to the conspiracy because of this, because of the hijinks, basically. Yeah. I think that they're kind of trying to have that be the lower decks. I guess motif is that you know the lower decks are not part of the main plot, and either what they do is completely irrelevant, like in episode one, or like in episode two and three, like it they stumble upon or they, you know, they get thrown into whatever the main plot is. Right. Hijinks. Yep. Through hijinks. Yeah. Go, go hijinks. Yeah. Hilarity ensues. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting for though. I'm waiting for some exceptionalism. And maybe that's the wrong thing to be waiting for in a show called lower decks where the motif is that they are <laughs> always slaves to their own ineptness. Right. There's a reason them. they're not senior officers. Yeah. Right. But I'm I'm waiting for some kind of I don't know something interesting to happen to one of them where it's it isn't just a character based event mm. where you know some, something that sets these people apart from just truly inept idiots right and not just being related to the captain yeah Boimler has a vineyard right, right. that's something <laughs> I, like. Is that something <laughs> I don't know? It seems like I want to know more. And is he working on Picard's vineyard, or is that another vineyard? Well, I, I like the idea of it being a competition, like uh, not a competition, like it, it is their their rival. Right, they're in competition. Yeah, probably not though. No, yeah, it was it was more of just a again a wink to the audience where if you know you know. So not a Star Trek episode, right? I yeah, well, I would. I, we should say not a proper Star Trek episode, right? Yeah. I mean, really, I'm, I thought it was okay. Yeah, definitely enjoyable. Um, was there even a moral or ethical dilemma? Oh, I guess the mentor thing, like if she should stick with the mentor that she had, even though he wasn't doing a great job. But That's not really a di- – like, it's a dilemma. It's not an ethical dilemma. Well, right? it kind of is. You know, if you're, if you're assigned a mentor, you know, and he's, he's not doing a good job, like how do, you, how do you broach that subject both with the mentor and, you know, with the organization that you're supposed to be working with? Yeah, I feel like that whole sequence was just meant to be funny and goofy. I, I don't even think it really served any purpose to right. help her. I think it was just, oh, this is he's an idiot, and that's what I'm stuck with. The like that's the whole joke. And yeah, I mean, it was it, yeah, it was very much a like uh, this was something if you know you know, and you would only know from watching the the previous episodes um, that he is kind of conceited and a bird and a bird. <laughs> Wait, he's not even a he's not even a race that has evolved from birds. He's a bird. Right. That can talk. Yeah. 
He is a a human sized bird. <laughs> uh, are there any human sized? There aren't. Not anymore. There are pterodactyls. Pterodactyls, meaning wings of the earth. Uh, kind of ostriches. You know, they're. I guess that's true. Yeah, they're human height. I, they, you know, they. That's true. Now that works. All right. Imagine, imagine an ostrich sitting down with you to lunch. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, which one? Also, um, li- uh, Limu. Li- yeah, an emu as well. Emu. Yeah. Yeah. Limu emu. Well, I was doing Washington Mutual, and I was trying to get how I was trying to figure out how the bird's name was Limu. <laughs> off of Limu Wamu. Wamu. Yeah. I like the idea that they were working on something similar at Wamu, and they see the commercial <laughs> on there, and they snap a pencil. <laughs> Right. Yeah, just just take the whiteboard eraser. <laughs> uh, by the way, pterodactyl does not mean wings of the earth. I made that up. I didn't even hear you say that. Yeah, no, it doesn't because terra, the Latin for earth, doesn't start with a P. Well, it means small. Pico terra meaning <laughs> small earth. And small meaning of the long, long ago. <laughs> Is that what small is that the the origin for small? Yes. Meaning a long time ago. It's just over time the definition has changed to We don't have time for me to teach you Latin. <laughs> Pterodactyl. You don't even hear it in the word. It's obviously just a misspelling. Someone was typing and they hit the P and they're like, Well, it looks cool. We'll keep it. <laughs> it looks cool. <laughs> I've never seen that word before. P is in pterodactyl. No, you got to pick a different word. Okay, P is in pneumonia. No, try yeah. again. Is there, is there another? You got a third one? You got a third P one? is in psychosis. Nice. Um, well, I'm. I still am excited to see the next episode. I am too. Like, I enjoy watching it. Yeah, it, it is. It, I I like. It's this weird, you know, dichotomy where it's Star Trek, but it's not proper Star Trek. Like you go in and you. Uh, well, for you, you go in with anxiety, but for me, I go in with like curiosity of like what what are they going to reference that either hasn't been referenced before or is such a trope, you know, kind of what she was talking about with the combadge. I wonder if it's sort of a like when you play Boggle, how you can't possibly get all the words, you know, especially on the app. You know, when we played Boggle together, did you ever go into like all the words that you could have possibly done? Oh, my gosh, like hundreds? no. No, I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Yikes. Yeah. There's like hundreds of words right. that you're just not getting. Even if you got like 50, 60, 70 words, which is like pro. Yeah. I mean, that's hundreds you didn't get. Borderline savant because you only <laughs> – well, I guess you got two minutes, right? Two minutes, three minutes? And you get a free – like you can freeze it so you get like 15 seconds extra. No, so that's right. if you're that's really right. speedy, you can do it. But same thing here. Is there so many references and they just kind of infinitely go – cutting deeper and deeper that no one actually gets all of the references right well yeah and also like is is that you know is that item on the desk actually a reference or are you reading too much into it well i'm definitely reading too much into it all the time well clearly with the orchids yeah that's my psychosis (laughs) all right well we are watching episode four next of season three of lower decks of the star trek franchise i've been jonathan and i've been paul and this has been the measure of an episode but you already knew that. I think we should leave that for people to like to figure out for themselves. Hey, let's start doing that. Let's not tell people who it was. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, we'll do that. Yeah. That's what we're doing. So who was that, everybody? 